Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala Rasulillahi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. My beloved brothers, my sisters, we know that every human being must suffer some form of a loss as part of the plan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is no human that has not lost something. Let's take a look at birth itself. Birth itself is when you have come into existence. What happened to your mother? Subhanallah at that point. Have you thought about it? At that point, your mother suffered some form of a loss, but the gain of you as a baby was far more than what she lost in terms of her health, perhaps her shape, perhaps a lot more in terms of blood and whatever else it was. But all of that was negligible when it came to the gain that was you as a child. They say that a mother doesn't mind what pain she has gone through when she has seen her child cry. The instant she sees the child, it's not like she forgets what she just went through as they say. No, many women have confirmed we don't forget it, but we don't mind it. It's okay. It's fine. Wasn't it a big loss in the sense that there was loss of a lot of things. Sometimes you may never be the same person you were before. But that's Allah's plan. That is Allah's plan. Subhanallah. So my brothers, my sisters, from the very beginning there was loss. What helped? Was it not the positives and the gain? That Allah blessed you with. So each time you have a loss in your life, you will always find that Allah Almighty's master plan is that somewhere there will be a gain, there will be profit, there will be positives, there will be goodness that you can focus on in order to make it easy. All these things that happen, the happenings, the occurrences that are negative, they have those good things that follow them, that make it easy for you to actually go through them. But primarily it's the mercy of Allah. It's the connection with Allah. If you are happy with what Allah has decreed for you by the will of Allah, it will be much easier to navigate through your loss. Easier said than done. It's easier said than done. I'm happy with the decree of Allah. What did you go through in your life? What did you go through? Did you lose someone, a lost loved one? Did you lose perhaps a spouse, a parent at a young age? Did you lose? What happened to you? There are those always who have suffered more than you. No matter who you are. No matter how much you have suffered. You may be top of the list of those who have been through one after the other, I guarantee you there will always be those who have been through more than you. Always. You lost a limb, there are people who lost two limbs. You lost two, there are those who lost four or five. You lost four or five, there are those who lost almost all their limbs and they are walking without legs, without hands and just a little body with a head on it and have you seen them? Now that we have the internet and we have a lot of access to people across the globe, we've witnessed such people. Some of them continue in their lives and with their lives happier than those who have all their limbs. Why? Because they have come to accept what Allah has chosen for them. That's what it is. You find them in war zones, those walking without limbs at times. They are excited and happy. They don't even want you to pity them sometimes because they don't want to be treated differently simply because they don't have something. Allah has blessed us by testing us. What is the blessing? The blessing is always that part of the solution is to draw closer to your maker. And if you have, you passed it. Allah says in Surah Al-Baqarah, We will indeed test every one of you. What is the meaning of the term test? Does it look positive or negative to the, the general humankind? It looks negative. If I say I'm going to test you, you ought to be slightly worried, concerned, right? You're going to have a test or an exam. There's a concern. I'm worried because it's something that's not going to be easy. Test. The word ibtila 
and the test and the examination is not a simple or easy word. And I promise you, my brothers and sisters, if our tests in life were very easy, we would be worried that the qualification is not as genuine as it should be. For example, you enter the school and you are now almost writing your matric or your O level at the end of secondary school and they ask you questions like one multiplied by five. I mean, what value would that certificate hold? Let's be honest. If you knew that this, this exam is so simple abc people will not even give any consideration to the certificate you hold because they are going to say that was so simple but when they know that you sat in that exam room for two hours sweating and you went this way and that way and everybody came out and they said it was tough and then you get an a that a means more than the a plus and the a stars that everybody seems to have gotten when it was so simple and a walk in the park so a loss is similar where when Allah loves you, he tests you. He told that to us so many times, the blessed lips of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu And he is the most truthful. He says, Listen carefully. When Allah loves his slave, he will test him. He will allow him to suffer what the world know, knows as a loss. But in the eyes of Allah, that's the way of gaining closeness to Allah. Now, if it is true, and it is true, that when Allah loves you, he will test you. Who would have the greatest of tests? The one whom Allah loves the most. Who was that name? Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Go and check his life. It is true. Talk about people going to war with him. People spreading rumors about him. People calling him names. People saying whatever they wanted to. The accusers who called him a magician. They called him after money, after power, after women. Whatever there was on the market, they named it. And they even said beyond that. Rasulullah has been through the greatest of hardship, the greatest of difficulty. He lost his children one after the other. In fact, all of them during his life. So no one can say that he doesn't know how it felt or feels. Similarly, he lost Khadija anha and several of his wives in his life. In fact, Khadija anha was the support, the pillar of support. He lost her. She passed on before him. What happened? He went through it. What helped him? That's the same thing that will help us. Number one, your connection with Allah. You have to connect with your maker. If you would like to recover from your loss, you must connect with your maker. Understand that when your maker has decided something, there is nothing that you are going to do Nothing that you're going to do to stop it, to delay it, to bring it forward, etc. The only thing you can ask him is, Oh Allah, make it easy for us. Make it easy for us. Oh Allah, help me through the difficulty and grant me something that will help me recover. Here is the dua. Allahumma ajirni fi musibati wa khayram minha. Oh Allah, help me through this difficulty, hardship of mine and give me something better than it. Subhanallah. You are asking Allah to give me something better than it. In what way? Number one, Allah will grant you Jannah. Just because of the sabr that you bore, Allah will give you paradise in the hereafter. You have to go through the patience, whether you like it or not. There is no way that it was not going to come to you. It came to you because it was meant for you. As I was entering the masjid here this evening, I met a family where they had lost a child. And they told me, they asked me, do you remember you spoke to us, etc. when we lost the child? And they are here sitting with us this evening. And in my mind, I'm thinking, subhanallah, here is the topic recovering from loss. And here we are. There is nothing that could have helped the family besides the connection with Allah, surrendering to the decree of Allah and asking the Almighty for help, continuing to supplicate to Allah, Oh Allah, make it easy. We are just humans. We are human beings because for us, what is the ultimate loss? I've only spoken about death so far. 
ultimate loss. But in actual fact, if that is the ultimate loss, every single one of us is going to be lost through death by the loved ones. If not, then we have already either lost our loved ones or it's going to come. Prepare for the day. How do you prepare? My brothers, my sisters, recovering from a loss would be made much easier if we prepared for the loss prior to that loss, which is a very powerful point. You might say, how do I prepare for the loss? Well, if you are connected to Allah during times of ease, the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, tells you, get acquainted with Allah during your days of ease. When it comes to your days of hardship, Allah will get acquainted with you, meaning Allah will come to your help. The problem with us, we don't estimate, we don't even think, we don't even put in our focus that we might just lose what we have. Remember, no need to become depressed, no need to suffer anxiety by constant thoughts to say, I'm going to lose this husband of mine, he's too good to be true. I'm going to lose this wife of mine, she's too good to be true. I'm going to lose my mother or my father or my son or my brother or sister. I'm going to lose this business of mine, I'm going to lose this, it's too good to be true. No, do not suffer with anxiety because the same Allah who gave that blessing to you is the one who will grant you the benefit of it for as long as it was written. Don't worry. Don't think I might lose, I might lose, what's going to happen? It will bother your health and the quality of your life will depreciate. In fact, it will drop. Don't buy Because you'll be worried about something that your worry is not going to solve if it were to come. And it's not going to bring forth if it's not going to come. Why worry? Connect with your maker. Say, oh Allah, do not test me with tests that are too big for me to pass. Say that to Allah. Oh Allah, I thank you for what you blessed me with. Bless me with more. Say that to Allah. Oh Allah, grant me the goodness of this world and the goodness of the next. Oh Allah, protect me. Don't leave me alone even for the blinking of an eye. Haven't you heard that dua? Ya Hayyu Ya Qayyum, bi rahmatika astaghir. Aslih li shani kullah, wala takinni ila nafsi tarfata ayn. O you who is ever living all alert, I desperately seek your help, your mercy. Make good for me all my affairs and don't leave me alone even for the blinking of an eye. You read that every day, Allah won't forsake you. He won't leave you. He will not leave you. He is yours. He knows you. Do you try your best to fulfill your duties unto Allah? Then don't worry that Allah will take care of you. But if death is written for you or for someone else, nothing's going to change that. They're going to go. When the fixed time, prescribed time from of Allah comes, nothing will delay it. When the fixed time, prescribed time of Allah comes, nothing will delay it, my brothers, my sisters. So, if you have already a connection with Allah, good news to you. If you don't already have a connection with Allah, build it now. And if you have suffered a loss, that is your moment to prove to Allah that you actually have drawn closer to him as a result of the negativity or the loss and you've not driven away from him. That's Allah. My brothers and sisters, every one of us will go through challenges. Make it easy for others who are going through difficulty in life. And then in your life, when your difficulty comes, Allah will grant you a beautiful pathway to tread upon with ease. But if you have made it difficult for others who have suffered a loss, Allah will not only make you struggle, but he will make it difficult when you struggle. This is from the hadith. Whoever makes things easy for someone, Allah makes things easy for them in this world and the next. If that's the case, then the opposite is true. You make life difficult for others, Allah will create difficulty in your life. I can give you so many examples. I told you we've spoken only about death up to now. Let me speak about something else. A result of death is if that was a spouse, you left with one of the spouses. Agreed? Say your husband passed away or your wife 
you are now a widow or a widower. So you are struggling with the loss of your spouse. Allah gives you a period of time of mourning in the case of a widow. And Allah Almighty wants you to heal. He wants you not to be taken advantage of during the time when you are probably weak in emotion. You are, you don't know what's going on. You are still digesting the news. Allah wants you to be protected. Allah says for a certain time, calm down, try and remain at home except for necessity. Connect yourself with Allah. Remain at ease, ponder over the gifts of Allah, the favors of Allah, think about the future, think about everything else. And when you have collected everything, we will allow you once again to go back to your normal life. But at that juncture, something happens. What happens? And I'm going to take off the gloves here. If you have children or if you have, for example, family, what will they do? A lot of the times, at some point after that death, a year, maybe two years, more or less, perhaps, there will be loneliness that will set in again, or the yearning to have a spouse again, the yearning to be married again. We are required as Muslims to facilitate for widows and widowers as a point of worship to be married again. Did you know that? There is absolutely no betrayal whatsoever of your deceased spouse if you were to marry again. No betrayal whatsoever of your deceased spouse if you were to marry again. Evidence of it starts off with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The bulk of whom he married were widows and divorced women. Besides one. Subhanallah, what a great sunnah. Forget about people nowadays frowning at a youngster or a young woman who wants to marry a widow or a widower, depending on who. But what is worse is when the family of those who have now been widowed do not want to see them get married again and look at it as though it is a betrayal of the deceased when it is not. You facilitate it, Allah will facilitate everything in your life. Everything. Allah will open your doors. Some people say, but Pa, you already 70. Now what do you want to get married for? You are speaking with the mind of a 25-year-old. That's why you don't know Pa just needs company. That company could be more exciting than yours, by the way. He just needs the company. He needs someone to talk to, someone to travel with. He needs someone perhaps to just be there for him and for each other. That loneliness is something created by Allah within you so that you have the urge to marry. Do not underestimate this, my brothers, my sisters. I know many people, thousands if not tens of thousands or more are suffering in this way. Hey, it's a loss, but we can't recover from it. You know why? The people around us do not want us to recover from it. So I'm here to tell you, help them recover from the loss by what? By facilitating for them a marriage. By helping them in one way or another, talk about it, raise it. Even if they are shy initially, no harm, raise it. They might tell you, I don't want. Sometimes maybe they don't want simply because they think you will be hurt by it. How could you be hurt by something taught by Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam? Nothing wrong. No, this other person's going to come into our, our lives in order to take our money. That's what it is, isn't it? They're going to share our inheritance here. What are you talking about? When you came onto earth, you came naked with nothing. They had to clothe you. Do you agree? They had to clothe you. Today you are seated here. No matter what you've lost in life, you have more than what you came with. Remember that. Because when you came here, you had nothing. You came onto earth, you were crying. What did they do? They clothed you, they gave you, they put for you, they did everything. Now you're sitting saying, I've got nothing, nothing at all. No, when you came, you had nothing. Today you got your clothes at least. Even if it's one pay, even if it's just a piece of whatever. May Allah grant all of us ease. I'm not saying that it's easy for everyone. But I am saying you do have more than the day you were born. So don't blame Allah. He gave you. Subhanallah. 
So we need to create ease for those who have gone through a loss in order for them to recover from it. So that the day we go through a loss of the same nature or a different type of a loss, we will have people who will be more understanding of how and what it would require for us to recover from that particular loss. That's what it is. Your father has worked all his life. He sent you to school. You did everything. He did everything for you. And then you got a little bit older. He set you up perhaps in business or allowed you to join his and perhaps gave you so much. The day he, you lost your mother, after some time, the same father who has spent his life behind you just wants to settle down. No, they're going to come and pinch our money. What money? That's his money anyway. How? But that is the thinking of shaitan. Indeed, that is shaitan and the devil who creates fear in the hearts of those who follow him. He creates fear in the hearts of whom? Those who follow him. Those who befriend him, they take him close. So Allah Almighty has warned us to say, don't allow that to happen. Don't be fearful of all those things. Fear, fear me, Allah says. It's a rule. It's just one example. My brothers, my sisters, we move on to something different. If you've lost your job, for example, how do you recover from that loss? Number one, thank Allah for the positives that you do have. I've got a little, I've still got the ability to search and hunt for another job. And I may have the ability to establish something of my own step by step. They say when you have stopped walking, that is when you know that you cannot move forward. But if you can pick up one foot and put it in front of the other and then pick up the other and put it in front and pick up the other one again and put it in front one step at a time, you will walk the entire mile. Before you know it, you look back and say, wow, I've walked a whole mile. But for you, it was one step at a time. The same applies with our difficulty in life. The loss, you will recover one step at a time. One day at a time. A portion of a day at a time. You survive the day, thank Allah at the end of the day with Salatul Isha. Thank Allah, oh Allah, I survived today. I earned today a little bit. I had a little bit of food. I thank you for this. A believer focuses on the positives. The one whose connection with Allah is weak focuses on the negatives. Oh Allah, I only earned 3,000 this month. 3,000. Other people are surviving on a few hundred. I only earned 3,000. What are you talking about? What did you do? Oh, I can't afford rental. How much is your rent? 25,000. Why are you living in such a big house? To help you recover from your loss, you must learn to adjust your life and thank Allah for it. To help you recover from your loss, adjust your life. Thank Allah for it because if you do not thank Allah, there is no chance that you're going to move forward and you won't even be able to adjust. How can you not budget? You must budget. You lost your job immediately. You start watching where you are spending, what is going on. It does not mean because my friends and my family and everyone thinks that I'm rich. Now that I've lost a job, I need to get a loan or two. No, do not get yourself into loan. No debt. Don't do that. Do not get yourself in, into unnecessary expense. It will help you recover from your loss. Adjust your life. Learn to perhaps change the quality of or the standard of your living, the quality of your food and drink perhaps. People are wealthy, they get accustomed to expensive taste. Then one day when they lose, what happens? They find it depressing to downgrade. That's a weakness in you, not in Allah. Astaghfirullah. That's why they say when you have children and you've been blessed with wealth, your dream is to give them a comfortable life while doing so. Consider the fact that they, be, they may be married into a home that doesn't have all of that. Or there may come a day when you don't have all of that. Don't get them too spoiled. Even when you have. Don't spoil yourself so much that one day when you don't have, it's going to really cause a huge depression. No. Be humble. The main thing that a believer focuses on when he earns is charity. 
Did you know that? The main thing a believer should be focused on when Allah blesses him with something is how he can give it to others. Subhanallah. That's the main thing. That's why I've always said Islam is the only religion that has made it a pillar of faith to share what you have with those who don't have it. It's the only religion. Part of the five pillars is Allah blessed you. That man doesn't have, take it out of your pocket and give him. Then you fulfill the pillar of Islam. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. Have you thought of that? That means Allah wants you to share what he's given you. Forget about the percentage because it differs. Two and a half is the bulk of zakat. Okay. But over and above that, if Allah is making it a rule, a part of your faith to give away two and a half percent of what you have in terms of belongings to those who don't have under certain conditions, don't you think he would be super, super happy if you gave way more than that? Because he gave you way more than that. What's the point of a Muslim wanting to amass in a way that he or she wants to be known as I have billions and trillions and more billions and more. It's okay to be a billionaire. There's nothing wrong with it. But what are you doing with that wealth? Are you giving it? Are you spending it? Are you building your paradise by spending it in the right cause? If the answer is yes, Allah will make easy for you the recovery from your loss the day it comes. Remember, money cannot buy everything. That's why if you'd like to recover from your loss, stop comparing your lives with the lives of others. Don't compare. You want to really look at the lives of others? Look at those who have been through more than you, who have struggled more than you, who have actually been through so much, yet they are happier than you and more content. Look at them. You look at someone, you say, this man, you know, subhanAllah, his whole business burnt down and he's sitting and he, or he's standing in salah and he's super, he has a smile on his face and his whole business burnt down. And another man, a tire blew from his tire, sorry, from his car. And you know what? He is super angry and challenging the world and he's so upset and he can't even come to terms with it. My brother, my beloved brother, there's nothing you're going to do about it. Thank Allah that you're okay. Your tire burst. You didn't burst, did you? Allah grant us ease. Your tire burst. It's okay, we change it. But I missed my meeting. Forget about meeting. People have missed their loved ones completely gone. Death has overtaken them. Life has changed completely. Imagine if someone you love the most passes away right now. You get a message to say so and so gone. Do you know that for, your life will change instantly? Your meetings and your appointments and your food and your business and everything, it becomes secondary. Even your food becomes secondary. You forget to eat. That's how you become emotional and you're overtaken by overwhelming feelings and so on. You forget. Life changed. So those small tests are nothing, man. Small. Thank Allah for them. Loss. What did you lose? I asked a youngster, has Allah ever tested you with loss? He said, yes. He said, what? He said, my cell phone. <laughs> I said, Allahu Akbar. I did not belittle that. The, the boy was right. In my mind, I'm thinking Allah has not, not yet tested you, my child. You lost your cell phone. He said, yeah, don't worry. You'll recover from the loss. He said, no, I did. He said, how? He said, my dad bought me another one. There he goes. There he goes. So each one's loss is actually according to that level of the person. Each one's loss. If you and I were to lose a mobile phone, perhaps we would probably cry over, or not cry over, but we would probably consider the greater loss, the contents, rather than the gadget itself. The contents, what's inside, is probably a greater loss than the gadget itself. But... When you're younger and you have less responsibility and perhaps your work is of a different nature, in that particular instance, hey, it was the phone. Forget about the contacts, I don't need them. I'll start afresh, you know. But Allah will grant you. Thank Allah, connect with Allah, praise Allah. So for, young, for, for, for a young mind, the loss is on a different level altogether. 
we need to help them understand don't worry allah will replace it for you always always and i guarantee you my brothers my sisters those of us who might have suffered a loss promise of allah a promise of allah he will always replace it with something way better in this world and if not in this world then in the hereafter you might say, well, I lost my spouse. How did Allah replace the spouse with something way better? I'm still sitting without a spouse. And like I said, my children or my family members don't even want me to get married. They consider it a betrayal of the deceased. The answer is, you know what? We will try to help by talking to them to explain to them their duty unto Allah to facilitate your marriage. But if that is not the case in, uh, in the Akhirah, Allah will bless you with so much more. The fear is when those grow up, what will happen to them? You see, something interesting came to my mind now. If you want something in life, help others get it. You'll get it. How's that? If you want something in life, facilitate for others and Allah will facilitate for you. You want to be protected from a vice, help others be protected from it. Be concerned about it. Allah will protect you and your loved ones. So if you are a person facilitating the marriages of others, Allah will help you in your day. Allah will help you facilitate for you, mashallah. But if you are a person blocking things for others, don't you think Allah is going to block you also? It's coming. And you might wonder why, why is this happening? But every time someone else's goodness came, you were quick to put a spoke in the wheel or a spanner and you were quick to actually block things and stop things for others. You couldn't see goodness for others. You think Allah is going to allow yourself to see goodness for yourself. It's not going to happen. And by the way, my brothers, my sisters, divorce is not necessarily a bad thing. And a person who is divorced sometimes could be way beyond those who might never have been married. It's there. It has happened because sometimes it's not your fault as such. And sometimes you might have been through an issue and you've learned so much that you are such a lovely changed person. There it goes. Why do I say this? Because another type of a loss is when people regarding their own children or their brothers or anyone whom they are in the guardianship of perhaps they block you or anyone from getting married to a person who might be divorced who might be widowed why no we won't allow that but allah allows it no it's okay but the prophet only did that it's okay we won't allow okay you may have succeeded in blocking it, but I tell you what, you pay a price, not today, after 20 years. You pay a hectic heavy price. Why? Let it be. Is it permissible? Is it okay? It's, it's not always going to be so smooth and beautiful. No. You won't always get a perfect fit. None of us here are perfect. Sometimes the standards are so high of our family members that you know what? There's no such person in existence. I remember a few years ago, someone came to me and says, Hey, you know, I, I need my, if you, if you know anyone, I have a daughter and you know, we want to get her married. I said, you know what, please let me know what type of a person you're looking for. And mashallah, he rattled it out. How oh, beautiful. I said, my brother, when your eyes close and you go to Jannah, I'm sure you'll find someone there. <laughs> what you're describing. Because in this world, you can't really find one with everything. You have to compromise a few things. A few things you have to compromise. Subhanallah, because you're going to tell me some of the men are the same. You, you're looking for someone who doesn't exist. And don't come and show me a picture and say, I'm looking for someone like this. Because that's photoshopped, by the way. It doesn't, it doesn't even exist. Guess what? I'm going to say something funny. Even the person it is, it's not. <laughs> Which means they won't recognize themselves because you'll have to just wash the face a bit and say, Oh, yeah, this one here, yeah, right, I see. <laughs> That's what the world is full of today. Deception. A filter. You know what's a filter? A filter means I'm so insecure, I just want to put something to make me look a bit more secure. That's what it is. If it is really changing you totally, Allah tells you, liberate yourself by loving yourself as you are. It's okay. You see, when you love yourself as you are, and you're okay to go out and to meet whoever you have to meet as you are, then you will attract people who really love the you for you not the filtered you 
But when you are filtered and you are so insecure that you can't even come out when you're filtered, people will be attracted to the filtered you, not the real you. So now, when you get together, what happens? They see the real you and say, ah, 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 this is not what I married. You know? You find them watching the same TikTok videos of you, but that's not you because they look at you, they look at you and say, there we go. Allah make it easy. So if you want to recover from a loss, to be very honest, be yourself. And don't be afraid of being yourself. You are a human. We are busy looking at lives that are not perfect, that are shown to be perfect. And we are stressing about our own lives. Hey, I need this and I need that. Even those people don't have that. I saw someone some time back go into a clothing store and try out all these clothings one by one, one by one, irritating the, 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 the shopkeepers. And every little while, oh, how does this look? Taking photos of this shoe and that shoe and this and that and what. And as I'm walking out, the one auntie, I heard the other one say, you see, she's just doing it for the gram. It took me a minute to think about what's the gram. Then I realized, hey, they're talking of the internet here, the Instagram. So you are showing people that you have this clothing and this shoe and so many pairs and so much what and you jump into the other pair and jump into a third pair and jump into a fourth pair but you didn't tell them how much you are irritating the shopkeepers because they, don't, they now know you from a distance they just want to close the door and the people who are depressed as a result of you having done something that you know you don't even own you're depressed yourself that's what it is may Allah not let that happen to us May Allah not let that happen to us. That's why we say, you know what? The happiest people are those who have limited the use of social media. Remember this. The hap I'm not saying don't use it. Right? The happiest people are those who have limited the use of social media. They know it and they've limited it. And they know their limits. They will be happy. My brothers, my sisters, every one of us goes through challenge upon challenge, loss upon loss, whether you like it or not. As I'm speaking to you today, what happened? In all honesty, the lights went, the sound stopped, the lights started flickering, flashing, as though there were a few jinns listening to our speech here, mashallah. And the next thing, the sound is coming loud and soft. A little while later, it stopped. What did we do? Did we become irked? The answer is no. We're super excited. We're happy. So what? It's only the lights that went. Nobody's bones were broken. Right? But it was easy for someone else to get upset and angry. What's going on? You guys this and that and whatever. No, not at all. Guess what? I'm going to give you brilliant news. Tonight was a night of load shedding. I tell you what. We are 45 minutes into load shedding. And no load was shedded. <laughs> Thank Allah. It's as though they know that we were supposed to be here this evening. It used to happen in Ramadan, right? When they used to tell us, we're cutting it off at 8 o'clock. Come 10 o'clock, we just finished Taraweeh and then the lights are gone. Boom. What happened? They were two hours late. No, that was Allah giving you respite. MashaAllah. So thank Allah. We might have lost a bit of this lecture or speech. So what? We didn't lose all of it. And it brings things into context and perspective. Is that considered a loss? The answer is yes. It was a loss. Of what? Negligible. Negligible. Downplay your own loss as much as you can. In the sense that, depending on what exactly it is, try not to exaggerate. Try not to make it, oh, it's so big, you know. It's okay. A plate broke. So That's not the end of the world. A plate broke. Do not break the bones of the child who broke the plate. Because a plate and bones, they might be similar porcelain and whatever else you might have. What do they call it? Bone. Bone china. This is real human bone, my brother. The two are not the same. It's okay, relax. A plate broke. Big deal. Mashallah. Loss. Downplay it. It's okay. Never mind. But don't downplay it to the degree that the child says, hey, my mom came with a smile and hugged me when I broke the plate. Next time I want a hug and a smile from my mom, take the plate. Bah! Then mom will come across and say, now what happened? Subhanallah. The same applies with us. When Allah allows you, allows you to go through 
something in your life that will give you an opportunity to engage in an act of worship known as bearing patience, which will elevate your status to closer to Allah than you can imagine. That is a gift of Allah upon you. Has anyone gone to war with you whereby they've prepared an army to come and try and attack you here? No. Do we have small enemies? Minor. I'm not saying become passive. That okay, that's an enemy, let him do what he wants. No, you need to know when and where and how and why. Is it a personal attack? What type of an attack is it? What is the repercussion of it? What do they want of me? What are they trying to get from me, etc. And you know what? You gauge all of that and then you make a decision as to how you'd like to react and retaliate. If it is minor, don't waste your time. I always tell people, you suffer a loss of a thousand dollars and you do something that costs you two thousand dollars in order to recover the thousand. You still have a loss of a thousand. If that's the case, let it be. It's okay. I saved myself. I remember once I was traveling and there was such a big noise that was made about something minor regarding the journey. And all we needed was a small monetary difference that we had to pay in order to solve the problem. And I thought to myself in the first few minutes, I said, I'm going to pay this and carry on because it's worth it. If I'm not going to pay this to 300 or 500 rands, whatever it was, do you know what? The stress that it's going to cause for us on our journey is going to be worth 5,000. Pay it and carry on. But the guys who were with me, no, we fix these guys. You guys fix them. I don't want to fix them. I know how it works. I know how it works. And so they suffered and they struggled and I was gone in. I'm sitting on my seat and these guys, they come last minute, half and a puff. I said, what happened? He said, hey, we fought and fought and fought. But at the end, we also had to give the money. I said, there you go. There you go. You should have just given it at the beginning. Come, relax your mind like this. The stress, the mind, the heat, whatever else, your enzymes, your emotions, everything. So you made it worse for yourself. The same applies with any loss. Sometimes we make it worse for ourselves. Connect with Allah. Then I want to tell you, the recitation of the Quran is a powerful remedy to help you recover from your loss. Recite it. Listen to the Quran from reciters whom you love. Allah has created such a powerful book that everyone who opens their mouth to recite that book has a different melody that actually soothes a different type of temperament. We are a few hundred in this masjid perhaps. If I were to ask you who is your favorite reciter, we will all have different names because we all have different temperaments. So each one sounds different. Agreed. And subhanallah, if I ask you next week, you might have a different name because at that time you have a slightly different temperament. Ask those who are used to listening to Quran. They'll tell you my favorite reader is this. A month later they say my favorite reader is someone else. Why? Because my, it's, my temp it's Allah's miracle. That's what it is. It's Allah's miracle. Listening to the word of Allah is absolutely soothing. It will help you recover from your loss. And if that is the case, what about you reciting the Quran in a melodious voice, male and female? In your own little corner at home, if you're a little bit shy, and you get up and you pick the Quran and you read with a melody, with a tone. You don't just come and say, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, Maliki Yawmiddin. That's okay. But you want the impact. Hassinu al-Qur'ana bi aswatikum. Fa'inna as-sawta al-hasan. Yazidu al-Qur'ana husna. Beautify the Qur'an with a lovely, melodious voice. Beautify it. Do you know what it does for you? It heals your heart. It heals your mind. It heals you as a person. It has healing for your physical diseases too. Physical diseases. Your situation is. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. Maliki Yawmiddin. That's not even the tune that I read with usually. But here it is. I'm only trying to show you. Look at how soothing it is. You do it at home. 
Do it wherever. Do it in your car. Read with a beautiful tone. Word of Allah will soothe you, will heal you. You will come out of your loss because you will be connected with the word of the owner of the solution. I tell you something else. Then you go into the meanings of the Quran. You go into the seerah and the life of the Prophet Muhammad. Peace be upon him. Read it. Because when you read it, you will realize what challenges he went through with a smile. He was still the best of character and conduct. At times of war, he was the most just. The most just. If a person is just at the time of war, you must know this person is really just. Read his seerah. Read it again. Go read a few more details from authentic books. Subhanallah. Then I tell you another thing. Connect your hearts with the five daily prayers. Wallahi, you will heal. Cut everything at the time of your prayer and pray. Try it out. Do you know what happened? A few years ago, or from a few years, I've been saying... My brothers and sisters, the five daily prayers are compulsory, but you really want the help of Allah, get up at least once a month for tahajjud. Once a month for tahajjud. Once a week if you can. If not once a month for tahajjud. Once. So many times it happens we're awake at the time. It's okay. It's not a condition that you need to have slept before your tahajjud is acceptable. But if you've slept, you get up. If you haven't slept, you fulfill it once the time is in. No harm, no problem. However, my brothers, my sisters, try it out. Wallahi, it will change your life. So I got messages from more than one who've told me, you know, you suggested this. Well, we tried it out, it changed our lives, and we've become regular. All of them say, we've become more regular. We thought, all right, let's do it once a month. And it changed our lives. In what way? Allah grants you a brightness in your face to begin with. A brightness. You know, the expression on your face says a lot about your condition. Nothing to do with complexion. Complexion has nothing to do with it at all. You could be the darkest person, but you have such a beaming face. Because that expression is filled with gratitude to Allah. It's filled with contentment for the sake of Allah. You break into a little smile for the sake of Allah. That's the happiness. Have a positive attitude. Many people, you meet them, there is positive energy beaming from them because they're just smiling. They're happy. They look at you. Salamu alaikum. How are you? Etc. Etc. MashaAllah. Happy to see you. Oh, that was so positive. What happened? The world became a better place because of the positive energy. And if you want to recover from your loss, another very important point is not to gossip and backbite and slander and not to involve negatively in the lives of others. Don't. Because if that is going to happen, you're going to drop to a new low which is not going to be helpful for your recovery. Speak good about others. Try and help them up. Say good things. Empowering things to them and to others. Look at the positives. Abstain from gossip and backbiting to the degree that excuse yourself from the gatherings in which people are backbiting and gossiping. Learn to excuse yourself. Nothing wrong to say, sorry man, I just need to go. Initially, you might not have told them why you're going. They'll figure it out if you did it once or twice. Because some people don't have the courage to say, you guys are gossiping now. You're talking bad about others. When Allah says, أَيُحِبُّ أَحَدُكُمْ أَنْ يَأْكُلَ لَحْمَ أَخِيهِ مَيْتًا فَكَرِهْتُمُوهُ Allah Almighty speaks about backbiting and what it is equivalent to eating the flesh of your dead brother that is disliked. Allahu Akbar. So there we go. My beloved brothers and sisters, we pray that Allah Almighty grant us goodness and happiness and success. And I pray that Allah grant us a recovery from all our loss. And I pray that Allah Almighty help each and every one of us. Remember, it's not easy to speak about every single example. We're all going through different losses. People have lost financially. People have lost jobs. They've lost loved ones. They've lost limbs. They've lost so much. They have lost a lot. The only thing that seems to be positive when we talk about loss is, hey, I lost some weight, man. Allahu Akbar. So how to recover from your weight loss? We're not talking about that. But all other losses, may Allah grant us ease. 
help each other. We are one ummah. There is more hate today than love. Change that. Change it starting with you. And this is an honest piece of advice. When your heart beams with love, no matter what happens in your life, you will sail through it by the help of Allah. Look at that companion that Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam pointed at and said, you want to see a man from paradise, look at this man. When they found out it was only that he used to remove from his heart the dislike or the hate or whatever ill feeling in fact, every single night that he may have had against anyone. Remove it. I don't need this. Take it out. Are you ready to practice that? It's one way of earning paradise. Take it out. You don't need it. So what? You had a misunderstanding with someone. It's okay. It's not the first misunderstanding in the world and it won't be the last one. But yes, if they've usurped something of yours, justice needs to be served. We will go through with it. We will make sure that it happens. But we do it respectfully. Even that with love. Not easy, right? With love. You have a dispute. You may, in fact, stand up. If it is something that you need to stand up for, but let it be respectful and filled with love. When the Prophet Muhammad in Makkatul Mukarramah knew that these people of Quraysh, they are harming us, they are doing this to us, they are doing that to us. Do you know how he spoke to them with respect? And you know what he had in his heart towards them? He had in his heart towards them a dua that they came to the truth and he meant it genuinely. He wanted goodness for them. That's what it was. He loved for them guidance just like he loved it for himself and others. Many of them came. Some of them didn't come. The loss was theirs. But did it ever, did it ever decrease the value of Rasulullah or the companions? Not at all. In fact, it increased their value. And I end with one point. It's a point that many people don't speak about. Or if they do, it's perhaps not stressed as being important. Learn to respect the elderly and give them time of the day. Serve them, greet them, talk to them. Allah will have mercy on you. Learn to respect the elderly. You see someone a little bit older than you, offer them respect immediately, no matter what. And your parents are at the top of that list. Your mother or father, they may be unreasonable. Offer them respect. Speak to them with utmost respect. If you have to disagree with them, do so very respectfully. Bear that in mind. Because then the mercy of Allah descends. The mercy of Allah descends when you respect those who are older. May Allah Almighty grant us goodness and may Allah Almighty bless every one of us. I've spoken a little bit longer than I thought I would, but that's the barakah perhaps of a little bit of what seems to have happened. We recovered from our loss with a bang, mashallah. And we came back in such a way that we spoke even longer than we wanted. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all, every form of goodness. Aqulu qawli hadha wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad.